Welcome to the For Those Who Inquired podcast. I'm your host, Edward Marlowe, and it's odd because really the roles have reversed. Here we are in studio with myself in Cadiz and Neil on the phone. Neil Bradley, how are you, man? Doing great. Doing great. Um, this, this is a little weird, but it's the way it's going to be for the most part. Other than when you're going to be in person from time to time in Murray. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's a busy work week for me. It's a busy work week for you. And um, the wild thing about it all is, you know, <laughs> luckily we can do this. Technology is so much different now than it was back when, you know, you were born, uh, where you had to, what was that? You had to go to school. Was it like both? With smoke signals. Yeah, bo- both ways, barefoot. Yeah. Is that, is that, that's right. how that worked? Right. We would send a runner with uh, the message scrolled in blood on parchment. Yeah. And that's uh, that's the way we did it. Yeah, and it was with your fingertips. Like you actually sure. had to. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really odd because I thought we were just going to kind of mess around with technology and try to figure out how to do this like long distance love that we have for each other. But I was, you know, it's a busy news day. It's a busy news week. Uh, and it really started, Neil, with... Wednesday morning news in the NBA that future Hall of Famer and 36-year-old point guard Chris Paul of the Phoenix Suns is out for COVID protocol, and that has a local impact here in Western Kentucky because it means a guy in Cameron Payne is likely going to get a lot of minutes in the Western Conference Finals of the NBA. What was your first thought when you saw some of that news come out? Well, I knew his minutes would increase, and I'm sure that they will restructure the lineup somewhat. I, I can't see him, uh, you know, playing 40 minutes a game. Not to say that he won't, but I, I don't really believe he will. But I'm sure that he will get more. But I believe it makes uh, his team feel much more confident the way he's playing that they feel okay with him playing the additional minutes because he's been producing, he's been making shots, hasn't turned it over, getting it to the right people the time that he's in there. Uh, defending reasonably well, uh, so I, 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 as soon as I saw that, it's like Cam's suddenly going to be a big piece of this. Any question that he may or may not be uh, it's uh, this weekend's Hall of Fame deal, where he's going into the Murray State University Hall of Fame, I think that question has been answered. But it's all for a good reason, uh, at least for him that he's playing. I do feel bad that uh, he'll get his extra minutes because of this, but. That's sports, that's basketball, there are injuries, there are illnesses, and this is uh, something that hopefully will be uh, rectified sooner than later. But uh, usually, uh, Ed, this is usually about, what, a week to ten days at minimum? Isn't that usually what we're looking at? Yeah, you're looking at, uh, it's almost uh, it's almost likely that Chris Paul will miss, uh, if not most, but all of the Western Conference Finals. You have to hope for his situation that maybe extends to like a Game 7 scenario where it's like a winner-take-all to the NBA Finals. But, yeah, it's absolutely, unless they can come back and prove that there is a negative test and then a consecutive negative test uh, over, a, I believe, either a 48- or a 72-hour period, I think the number one scenario, Neil, that's actually brought – you know, some positivity to the situation is that the Phoenix Suns swept the Denver Nuggets. And so they're waiting on 
the Los Angeles Clippers and Utah Jazz series to complete. So if that series happens to go a little bit longer, then you probably, you very likely could see Chris Paul return in some capacity, you know, in this situation. But like I said, if this series between Utah and the Clippers wraps up pretty quickly, which it might now with Kawhi Leonard's injury status up in the air based on a, an ACL report from earlier today, it's a situation that is definitely worth monitoring. Uh, the thing about it is, Neil, and you, you hit the nail right on the head, Cameron, Cameron Payne's minutes, Javon Carter's minutes, uh, who usually plays in tandem with Cam there on the bench, they're, they're, both of those guys' minutes are going to increase, and it's very likely going to increase Devin Booker's time on the ball. Now, luckily for the Phoenix Suns, over the last couple of years, Booker played a lot of point guard. Uh, you know, Isaiah Cannon, another former racer, spent a considerable amount of time playing some point guard for the Phoenix Suns before campaign's arrival. Um, but Booker particularly handled a lot of point guard duties for Phoenix over the last two and a half years, uh, just because it was the type of style uh, of basketball that they played. And and Booker's a, an elite shooter. He's, he's really good on his step back. He can create his own shot. Um but getting him off the ball gets him so many more open opportunities. So, you know, is Monty Williams going to put the ball in Devin Booker's hands? Well, he might have to, but it's no doubt going to at least increase the role for Cameron Payne. Now, we say these things not knowing <coughs> excuse me, what to expect, but you, you have this situation where right, Neil Cam, Cam's averaging like 11 – three and three in the playoffs and is shooting the ball fairly well. I'd have to think there's at least some sort of comfort level that comes with the fact that he's played so well this year. Yeah, I I would think so. Um, He has responded when needed. Um, He seems to, I think, be at the peak of his professional career, at least at this point, as, as far as his production goes. And I don't think they're going to have any hesitation in additional minutes if that happens, if it turns out that Paul will be unable to go in any of the games. It looks like that's likely, but as you said, if the series extends uh, the one they're waiting on, I guess there's a possibility that that wouldn't be the case. But uh, I I feel very good about Cam's situation here. Uh, but I'm sure he'll get more minutes. I just don't think he'll probably get the you know 40 minutes a game or anything like that. No, absolutely not. Neil, I want to transition a little bit here as we stick with some Murray State news. I know a lot of fans will be watching campaign as he starts to push through this Western Conference Finals. Uh, obviously, the Hall of Fame class uh, is being uh, inducted and recognized and honored this weekend at Roy Stewart Stadium. I know you and I are both unable to attend that you know, joyous uh, life celebration. We'll talk a little bit more about the class here in just a moment, but I want to want to dovetail into some news that you specifically scouted out over the last few days that's become official. Neil, what can you tell us about Murray State foot uh, uh, yes, Murray State football and really in general the Ohio Valley Conference as a whole in a specific decision they just made? Yeah, this was uh, in the I guess the spring meetings is what they call them. Generally they're held in uh, May or June and these just concluded, but the directors of athletics got together. They made a few recommendations to the board of presidents, and one of them was the Ohio Valley Conference cease playing non-Division I football games. And 
the Board of Presidents agreed. That has been approved, and it's effective in 2022. Uh, now, this season, the racers, I don't believe they have a non-Division one, but there have been years when, you know, there's a Campbellsville, there's a Pikeville, or something like that. Uh, and from, from now on, that will not be the case. It'll be Division one only. Certainly will help. Uh, whatever you call it, the RPI or whatever it's called at the, the FCS football level, uh, strength of schedule certainly will help that uh, immensely. And uh, for the racers, uh, I think it can only help. Uh, you know, everything I think is on the uptick for this football program anyway, and that's only uh, going to get better. I, I don't really think under Kevin Saul, he liked playing those kind of games anyway, probably something that the racers were not going to do. Uh, but there have been a few years when you have a game fall through the cracks, it's tough to get a game to replace. And I do know of a couple of instances where that was the reason they played that kind of game. But for the most part, it doesn't do anybody any good to go out there and beat somebody 70 or 80 to 6. It doesn't do anyone any good. Much better off playing someone from a, another nearby conference. And I think it's a great decision. Ed. Yeah, no, I, I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. And I actually... I don't necessarily think it's even an attack specifically on any football program. You take a look at Murray State just in the last 10 to 15 years. Let's talk about the immediacy of guys like Chris Hatcher, Mitch Stewart, and now going into uh, to Dean Hood. You, you've got a situation where three football coaches in a row want to play the money games. You want to get money into your program. You want to get money fluctuating and flowing into all the different bank accounts and things that need to happen. Uh, for a football program to be successful. And you're exactly right. You and I have talked a lot about just over the last five years. Typically, if there was a non-Division I schedule on Murray State's you know, radar, it was because something either A, fell through, or B, the contract just couldn't get finished. You know, There were always rumors just even in the last two to three years of you know, well, really, even just this last year with COVID, uh, you know, there was a there was talk all through the fall of, well, maybe we'll pick up an FCS game, you know, that's going to pay a little bit of money, or maybe we'll pick up an FBS game. There was still talk, Neil, of Murray State playing Louisville, you know, this last year before that all fell through with the ACC. So, you know, obviously you um, you make a great point. You know, it's a situation where you absolutely don't want to be playing Division One games unless it's like maybe a spring game. You know, or something where you can scrimmage, uh, really get to know each other, get to take a good look at your offense, but it not really cost anybody, uh, you know, I, I, just a just an ineffective Saturday afternoon. Uh, it, it just you you don't really learn a lot about your program when you play those seventy to six games. You know, now on the flip side of that, I would say that it's probably tough to go learn a lot about your program when you go play a major FBS program. But the difference is you are putting yourself up as an FCS program, talking about Murray State, you do put yourself up against teams that are not only supposed to be better than you at every position, but you also make a little bit of money. So it tunes up the FBS program, but then the FCS program can reap the benefits of not only improved quality of opponent, but also, like I said, any sort of improvement in the bank account is is definitely a positive. So. I'm going to have to agree with you there on that one. I know you and I, we don't always agree, but 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 when we do, it, it's beautiful magic. So, um, <laughs> the, the other, Ed, the other thing that they did, they're going to continue the playoff hosting pool. That's a, a, an amount of money that is set aside that when you get to the FCS playoffs, uh, those are bid on, oddly enough. You have to bid to be able to host them, and it does help OBC schools afford to host games 
uh, gives you a better chance of winning, of course, if you can play a football game at home rather than have to take a road game. No, absolutely. Um, it's going to be a. I think that, I think it's going to be a huge boon, you know, for the OVC. Take a look at this past year and just how successful OVC football was with three programs in the top twenty-five. Had it not been a COVID year, number one, you got a you get a longer season, but number two. Uh, the OVC has a couple of home games in the playoffs and uh, gets 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 a better chance at hosting uh, in that scenario. So that would have been great for the league. Uh, unfortunately, we had a, a truncated playoff that we didn't have as many teams in. So they took you know the top sixteen or and, and rolled with it. So uh, you make a great point. Uh, sticking with some Murray State sports here again, the Hall of Fame banquet that that ended up getting moved. Because of COVID in 2020, you and I have talked a lot about how amazing that weekend would have been. Murray State men's basketball was slated to host Chattanooga. Um, women's basketball, I'm sure, would have had a terrific opponent that weekend. Uh, you know, had there not been COVID, there probably would have been some football going on that weekend. Uh, but instead, uh, it's been moved to June 19th. You and I have talked a lot about it. That is this weekend. Uh, I am certain there are plenty of people in Western Kentucky and the surrounding areas that'll be attending. And what a what a what, what I say I almost said what a recruiting class, but you know, really I mean you know what a what what a recruiting class because years and years ago these athletes were recruited and now they're Hall of Famers. You're looking at John Beaton uh, for baseball from 1965 to 66, Jenna Bradley for softball from 2010 to 11, Tara Ispel uh, for soccer from 2007 to 10, uh, Coach Billy Kennedy. Men's basketball needs a little introduction from 2006 to 2011. Jackie Mounts, women's basketball from 75 to 79. Nick and Patrick Newcomb for men's golf, 2007 and 10, and 2009 to 13 uh, for the younger man and Patrick Newcomb. Cameron Payne, as we've already mentioned, is not going to be in town. Uh, Played basketball for Murray State from 2013 to 15. Walter Powell, who had a successful uh, you know, career at Murray State and, and jumped to the NFL, played all four years, 2010 to 2013, and then women's basketball star Joy Scott from 2005 to 2007. Neil, you're part of that Hall of Fame committee. What do you think of when you see this class coming in to be enshrined? Well, I think it's a, an extremely strong class. Uh, of course, the thing that really jumps to the top is they have the Newcomb brothers. They have two brothers excel at the sport as much as they did. I think that's outstanding. And to be able to go into the Hall of Fame during the same year, I think is outstanding. I, you know, I was on the committee, full disclosure, I think we probably could have put one in the last year, but I, we tried to line this up so it would be special because I think one said he didn't want to go unless his brother went. So like, I think we can take care of that. So they're both going in at the same time. I think that is tremendous. Uh, Billy Kennedy goes without saying the success he had. You know, he's a, he's a coach that when, when he was brought here, uh, I remember, uh, you know, first weekend we go out to California, uh, started 3-0, and lost all three games. <laughs> I, Tom <laughs> always loves me telling the story. You know, we were in the hotel room after that third loss. Like, I'm, I'm not sure these guys know what they're doing. But we had no relationships with them. I had no idea that they had no visits left. I mean, they, they, they recruited the guys they recruited sight unseen, couldn't bring them to campus. They just had to do the best they could do. Ended up having a winning record that first year, yeah. and then the rest is history. Went on to the first 30-win season, winning 31 games in Murray State history, something I said would never happen again. 
uh, except that it happened two years later. So it just goes to show. Joyce Scott, I remember uh, her career ending with an injury. Uh, they're uh, just a few feet away from us there at the free throw line. But, my gosh, what a dominant player she was. Uh, I, I think it's a great class uh, across the board. This is one that, uh, you know, we always go in with the idea, Ed, let's, let's see if we can trim it down, get four or five. But we have so many great student athletes or coaches who deserve to be in. That's so tough to do. So this is another big class and a well-deserving class. Neil, a lot of Murray State sports uh, coming on right now. A lot of a lot of big time news. I want to do want to transition to a little bit of uh, some high school news, some breaking news actually. Uh, as Murray High football is looking for a new head coach and a new assistant coach, uh, Clayton Morris announced. I uh, do believe that he's taking the head coaching job at West Carroll, Tennessee. If I'm not mistaken, is that right? And I then, believe yeah, I've heard that, yes. And, and then you've got, I believe that was announced on social media, and then you've got Keith Hodge, head coach of the Murray Tigers, has been the head coach for the Murray Tigers uh, since uh, taking over for Steve Duncan. And uh, I believe it's uh, 2014, uh, led that team to the state semis and an unforgettable 14-7 loss to the DeSales uh, Colts. And, and from that point forward, um, it's been, you know, Thumbs up. You know, this is a program that's been built. I believe I believe Keith went 49-38 and 38 in his seasons from 2014 to 2020. Of course, recency tells us that, you know, they made the state semis uh, after a huge, you know, a huge win against uh, Mayfield and a huge win against Owensboro Catholic. You know, made it all the way to the Final Four in Class 2A in 2020. Uh, went 8-4 and four last season in a COVID-filled year. Uh, took a couple of lumps early in their season against Crittenden County, which, of course, was a terrific team. Uh, took a lump against Paducah Tillman, a game that I was at, and then just built on from that moving forward. Won a, won a couple of key overtime games. Uh, took care of Callaway County late in the season. And that, that, of course, ended up being a really nice win as Callaway you know, beat Hopkinsville and, and was a really strong team last year. So I think you know, even up until maybe three to four weeks ago, I think Mur- the Murray Tigers – really kind of knew where their leadership was headed uh, going into 2021. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had personally talked with Keith Hodge a couple of times about just expectations for next season, uh, had written some stuff for the Cats Paws about where the Tigers thought they were headed, who was potentially coming back, uh, who was in the fold to get a lot of reps, and, and really just what their summer was going to look like. So this kind of does seem to be some jarring news, but it is sounding like uh, that Keith will land a job uh, potentially soon, uh, a new a new opportunity for him that's local. So I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that as well. Obviously, you know, I think you mentioned two months from now, uh, Murray and yeah. Callaway open their season against each other. So what 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 are your thoughts on this, and, and what's your takeaway from what's going on there? No, actually, it isn't against each other. They both play that night. Oh, okay, so I just okay. Understood that one. But yeah, on the twentieth. So when we get to the twentieth of June, which is Sunday, two months from then. On August 20th, they each play. I think Callaway plays Henderson County. I don't remember who Murray plays in their opener right off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, just two months away. And, and, you know, coaching changes, I mean, they do happen from time to time. Uh, Even Murray High, a successful program. Uh, Usually when they happen, though, a coach will know maybe toward the end of the season that he might be looking for something else. Uh, If nothing, uh, if that doesn't happen, usually it's by – uh, Mid May, when the school year ends, 
things sort of line up. So this is sort of late, later than I'm sure that uh, the Murray Independent School District would want. However, you can't control opportunities that come your way, and sometimes when a great opportunity comes your way, very difficult to turn turn it down. I mean, I've had that, that, that happen to me. It's been a long time, but I remember years and years ago, I was really happy at a job in Owensboro. I was looking to stay there long term and then had a chance to move back to Murray and become involved in Murray State Sports. And it was a job and be closer to, to my son uh, who, who lived down here. It was a job I just simply couldn't turn down. Uh, sorry about the timing of it, but uh, it happened. And I'm sure this is a, another one of those things. Probably Keith Hodge, when he talked to you a few weeks ago, had no, no idea, wasn't looking. But then, boom, here's the opportunity, and it's one that he has to take. The good news is for Murray High, whoever's coming in, it's not like it's a program in shambles. Oh, my gosh, we have to start from the ground up. This has a bad culture. That's not what it's about. It's a good culture, a lot of really key returnees. So this is going to be a really tremendous job for somebody to take in a really nice city. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm really interested to see who lines up for that job because I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Uh, maybe there's somebody already on campus that's uh, interested. Sure, maybe there is, but – I, the Murray Tigers absolutely uh, did some good things under Keith Hodge and, and his tenure, and I'm looking forward to seeing where his next step uh, may be. Meanwhile, you mentioned you weren't sure who the Murray Tigers play. According to KHSAA, on August 20th, they open at Crittenden County, uh, which Crittenden, Crittenden County has a new head coach, Engage Courtney, the former defensive coordinator there, longtime Rocket, you know, graduated from Crittenden County, I believe, and... Um, uh, I believe that's right, and, and you know, but the, you know, Sean Thompson took the job at Paducah Tillman, so you know, it's going to be really, really interesting. That first game's now going to be against you know two first-time coaches for their programs. So you know, the Murray Tigers. As a matter of fact, you take a look at the rest of their schedule uh, real quick. Might as well look at it because we were talking about how good that job would be. Right now on the schedule, the Murray Tigers play at Crittenden County. They play Callaway on August 27th, which does look like it's going to be at Murray State University, pending any sort of knock, you know, knock on some wood there, any sort of COVID protocol. Um, September 3rd uh, is uh, Trigg County. Uh, the 10th is Union County. The 24th is Christian County. Uh, October 1st, you're Fort Campbell. Fort Campbell's back in the fold after having to uh, sit out last year because of national defense rec- recommendations for COVID. Ballard Memorial uh, with their new head coach. That's at Ballard Memorial. That's, of course, a district game. Caldwell on October 15th. You're playing Mayfield at Mayfield on October 22nd. And then the weekend of Halloween, you're playing at Fulton County. So you've got your district slate kind of where it usually is. A couple of really tough opponents there in the middle, especially hosting Christian County at home. Uh, That'll be really interesting. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Whoever's, uh, Whoever's taking over the Murray Tigers is getting a pretty terrific program. Uh, that's in really good shape, you know, and it's coming off a big season of success. A lot of graduation, but a lot of young guys that are ready to step in and take some key roles uh, on that team. Neil? Yeah, it looks as if uh, this year, based on everything we're seeing, it'll be back to normal in terms of crowds at Ty Holland, not yeah. the restrictions, the social distancing, and all that stuff. I think unless something occurs that we're not seeing on radar right now, we'll be back to full normal by then. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's exactly, uh, I think you're exactly right. Uh, again, vaccinations continue to increase. Uh, everybody's got their shot at the million uh, in the state of Kentucky. Three lucky winners will be drawn by the end of the summer to win a million bucks. You know what, Neil, maybe you and I get to be the two two of the three winners. That'd be amazing. But 
That would be awesome. Um, if I, I'm going to tell you this. If I win a million, uh, I'll give you half of it, uh, the half that the government's supposed to get. So if you can talk them out of taking that half, and you can keep it. <laughs> but uh, but I'm going to keep the half that I'm entitled to. Wow. But, yeah, I, I'll tell them that uh, Ed's going to get it, but uh, if you insist, then I guess you'll get it. But, That's great. Yeah, but, but how generous is that? Neil, Who's offered that? you well, absolutely slay me. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, Neil, a couple personal things really quick. What, uh, what, what are your plans for vacation? What, uh, what, what do you got going on there? Well, my true vacation, uh, which is the 2nd of July, that's a Friday. And then the next week is a staycation. I'm just going to hang out. I think we're going to Ellis Park that Friday to oh, nice. watch some horse racing. We love doing that. But, uh, this weekend, uh, Friday, we have, uh, my wife has a friend who has a cabin on the lake. We're going to stay there, uh, have a pontoon, going to be out on the lake. Uh, we generally have a Father's Day blowout on Sunday. This year, it's a big Father's Day weekend blowout with uh, my family, uh, my son, my grandkids. So uh, that's what we're going to do. A lot of time on the lake. I have tickets. We're going to go watch a couple of Cardinal games in July. Uh, then I have a week in August to kind of regroup. And then, Ed... It's on to, uh, I think, a hate coach show at the end of August, and it's time for football. So uh, it's amazing how quickly the vacation time goes by. But oh, yeah. I'll have a couple of weeks to do things and kind of regroup before uh, getting into that. Neil, speaking of vacations, it looks like in the National League Central, the only team on vacation is the Pittsburgh Pirates. As we speak at 6.12 p.m. Central Time on June 16th, 2021, with roughly 100 games to go, give or take, you have the Cubs that are 38 and 29 at the top. You get the Brew Crew, which just took a beating from the Cincinnati Reds, but the Brew Crew are 38 and 30 uh, with a 559 winning percentage. You have the Reds that are 35 and 31 and have gone 8 and 2 in their last 10 games. You've got the Cardinals that got shellacked there for about 10 days, but have have regrouped and they're 35 and 33. And then, of course, I made fun of the lowly Pirates. They're 23 and 44. But you take a look between the Cubs and the Cardinals, there's three and a half games difference and four teams to make the decision on who's going to win the divisional crown. Neil, your thoughts on what we are seeing between the Cubs, the Brewers, the Reds, and the Cardinals bashing it out here pre All Star game? <laughs> Well, the Cardinals haven't been doing much bashing. If you'll take a look, there there have been the bash, basher, bashy, not the basher. Mm -hmm. right. And the only teams they've been able to beat are the, the bad teams. They're beating up on the Pirates. They're beating up on the Marlins. They're beating up on the Phillies. They're beating really terrible teams. And then they play good teams. They play the Reds. They get hammered. They play the Cubs. They can't beat them. Uh, it's just not, not really something that I feel good about. Uh, you know, they have Flaherty out. They have a bunch of pitchers who are hurt. Um, and now Adam Wainwright, you know, he's he's not hurt, but uh, he's had to come out and say, yeah, I used the stuff. Uh, didn't help him. Obviously, it didn't. He's not a guy that, you know, with the spin rate, it's probably not going to help him a lot with the, the substance. But uh, they're just a team that's uh, uh, having some issues right now, and I just don't know that they have uh, enough of what it takes. There's too many good teams in the division. The Reds have surprised me, Ed, with their hitting. Yeah, uh, they really have. I mean, uh, the Winker kid is just torching it. Uh, the pitching's been pretty good. 
But uh, I think even you'll have to admit it, it's going to have to get better for them to win that division because uh, right now the teams up at the top are doing pretty well. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. I do want to bring up the fact, though, the Phillies actually aren't – they're not as bad as, as, I guess, anticipated. I'm sure they're probably underperforming in, in several fans' eyes just because of the amount of offense that they have and the amount of young talent they have wrapped around Bryce Harper. You know, but you you know Reese Hoskins and you know and Alec Bohm and those types of guys. But you take a look at I and mean, they're only five games back of the Mets. Now, granted, the Mets have one of the best pitching staffs in Major League Baseball. I mean, Degrom is pitching today with an 0.56 ERA. The man has more RBIs than runs given up as a pitcher. It's wild, absolutely wild what he's doing. We are seeing, along with Shohei Otani of the Angels, we are seeing landmark baseball performances from both of those guys. Offensively, Tatis Jr. and Vlad Guerrero Jr., you know, obviously a couple of kids of some pretty solid baseball players, we're seeing them do remarkable things offensively. But it's been a fun baseball season so far. And you you think about it, Neil, from last season, this is kind of a blessing. You know, we've got roughly, like I said, some teams have about 100 games to go. You know, we've we've crossed that 60-game threshold mark. The Phillies have played 65. So, I mean, we're getting a full season. Uh, which I think is a bit of a blessing. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it, it has been. Uh, and you talked about the, the baseball. It's always that shock team. And to me, it's been the Giants. Seriously? The yeah. Giants? Mm-hmm. Come on. How You know, I thought they'd be lucky to finish anywhere near the top, and they're leading the division. You know, you figure, oh, it's going to be the Padres and the Dodgers. They're going to fight neck and neck. But right now, I don't know if they can do it for 162, but the Giants have been – tremendous to this point. Yeah, and here's the thing. Here's why. They've been good on the road. Yeah, they have a great home record. Plenty of 500 teams have a good home record. That's how that works. On the road, they have the most wins in the National League on the road, from what I'm looking at, as of 6 o'clock this afternoon. They are 22-16 and 16 away from, from, from San Francisco. That is absolutely a successful formula for winning a lot of baseball games. I mean, I know that sounds so vanilla and so elementary, but you know, nine times out of ten, good teams win at home, great teams win on the road, and the Giants have done just that, like I said, at 22-16. and 16. Neil, I wanted to ask you also really quick, um, you know, in, in this whole situation with baseball, I mean, what are your expectations? What do you think about the National League Central, as in, like, who do you think is going to win? Who can close these final 90-plus games? Uh, I still feel, and I God, I hate to say this, I still feel the Cubs are going to be the team that's going to win that. Yeah, I hate to say that, but I, I do think so. And one of the reasons is a, an area of concern for them that I thought they would lack would be their bullpen, and it's just been a major strength of them. Uh, they have uh, three or four guys that are pitching as well as they've ever pitched. Uh, Kimbrell's back. He's good. And uh, the starting pitching has been good enough. And they're starting to get some guys that can hit. Jock Peterson was awful to start the season yep. over the last six weeks or so. He's been very good. Not sure he's a guy you want in the leadoff hole. But he is certainly an improvement numbers-wise to Kyle Schwarber, who I think is with the Nats now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I, I still think he'll hit even better. But uh, they're, they're the team to beat to me even though it pains me to say it. I don't think the Cardinals, unless they can get healthy, get Flaherty back, get Martinez pitching like he has in the past when he's been good, 
and be consistent. I, I just can't see it for the Cardinals, but I hope I'm wrong. I want to bring up some other breaking news as we are Uh-oh. sitting here. We, we No, absolutely great to talk some Major League Baseball. The McCracken County Mustangs. Zach Hobbs, in his first full year, was supposed to have last year taking over for Geno Miller. But the McCracken County Mustangs under Zach Hobbs in his first year with the Mustangs have advanced to the final four of the 2021 KHSAA Baseball Championship Series with a 13-2 convincing win over Collins, Martha Lane Collins High School. Unbelievable performance. Zach Hobbs, of course, does have a lot of Murray connections as the former coach of Callaway County, first an assistant under Steve Smith and before later taking the program to some new places, and now is with the McCracken County Mustangs, who are one win away from a state championship game appearance. They will play the winner of, I believe, Danville and Lafayette for a chance to go to the state championship game, a place that they've actually been uh, relatively recently against, I believe it was Tate's Creek uh, with Geno Miller and those guys a couple years ago. So uh, just your immediate thoughts on that. That, again, is breaking news uh, as McCracken County has advanced to the Final Four. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it certainly uh, shows how good that team has been as of recent. Uh, this was a little tougher district, or excuse me, region and district, of course, but Absolutely. tougher region this year to get out of. But uh, McCracken County survived it. Big win for them. And certainly they have guys on the team with experience at the higher level. Uh, so I think they, they have a good chance, but uh, you have to, to ride that pitching a little bit. I know the way they have it split up now makes it a little bit better as, uh, you know, they'll get tomorrow off and then. It's uh, the semifinals and then a final, hopefully, for them. Uh, but uh, gives them a little bit better chance to set up their pitching uh, when they do get that off day tomorrow. A couple of notes from Eric Chumbler of 99.5 The Fan. McCracken County makes it to the semifinals. This is the fifth season in a row since the Kentucky High School Athletic Association started keeping stats in 1999. No other school has made it that far in the state baseball tournament for five consecutive seasons. Again, McCracken County playing the winner of number two Danville and number nine Lafayette. It'll be Friday at four o'clock at Legends Field in Lexington. You can listen to that on 99.5 The Fan with Eric Chumbler on the call. Neil, this has been fun. Been real, been real fun. Always like to be in person with you, but hey, here we are. Uh, socially distancing, though not like we <laughs> not like we actually wanted to. Uh, but I, yeah. pre- I appreciate the time, man. Uh, like I said, oh yeah, and we've come we've come so far, though. Remember last year we were digging; we were hoping to have one story <laughs> to talk about in a week. Yep, and now <laughs> we're back at it, uh, and it's great to be able to talk sports, even though uh, you know some of it's things that uh, kind of well, coach leaving, coach. That's just part of sports. I'm just glad we have things to talk about. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Neil, I appreciate it. Enjoy your vacation. Enjoy your staycation. And uh, we'll see you when you get back. All right. Thanks a lot, Ed. Appreciate it.